Welcome to the 13th episode of Earwig Serials. I'm your host, Tyler McNamara, and for the next 25 episodes of Season 1, I'll be reading from my book, The Mother of Dark Space. Previously, on The Mother of Dark Space. But Ashley had seen an opportunity. On Zephyr's laptop, Ashley selected Evermore's network and found that he had access to all of Evermore's files in Cloud 9. Ashley pulled up a search program, and with his heart racing, he typed Samuel Resnick and hit enter. But a moment later, two files were revealed. You expect us to trust you until we can rely on each other? But I want to unequivocally witness why we should trust someone whose lips are barely wet with the taste of her first internship. Zephyr, you really are perfect for the role I hired you for, she thought. Mr. Zephyr, please collect your belongings and remove yourself from the building. The chemist, without looking up, reached into his pocket and slipped an envelope of aluminum foil under her napkin. In the moment that her back was to Samuel and the door still blocked her from Evermore, she popped the little white tablet discreetly into her mouth. Dr. Evermore? Dr. Dolly is here to see you. Evermore rose, quickly crossed the room, and opened the secret door he himself had arrived through. And now for Chapter 12. Interview. Ashley. On the other side of the hidden door, Ashley found a small peephole, not unlike the kind one would find on a hotel door. Peering through, he watched Evermore stretch, run a hand through his hair, and despondently watched a scattering of dandruff settle to the desk. Samuel, send Dr. Dahlia in, he said. When the door opened, he said, Please come in, Dr. Dahlia. I have many reviews to analyze, and should the first appointment break the ranks of the advanced guard that is my schedule, I am sure that the rest of my day will be overrun. Evermore half stood and reached a hand across his desk. Ray shook it, sat down, and started examining the office. Tell me, how was your first week at Lab 7? Ray cleared her throat. Honestly, I wish I'd had more to show for it, but much of our time has been spent helping the team normalize. I have a theory that when you hire a doctor, you're actually hiring two personalities, one who is interested in being useful to their employer, and another who is only looking to further their career. Obviously, only one can show up at any given time, and part of my job in the first few days is convincing the two personalities that they have the same goal in common. I assume you read my note about Andros Sefer? Yes, and frankly I'm surprised you hired him in the first place. Though Ashley could see the back of the doc's head, he heard him smiling. Yes, well, there's something I didn't mention in the note. I hired him so that I could fire him. That's, before you say anything, I know it looks like I wasted company time and resources but I guarantee you that my team will be more productive sooner than any other lab, which will be a savings to Evermore Industries in the long run. No one can guarantee the future, Evermore pointed out. Ashley had seen or overheard Evermore in many heated conversations, and more often than not, they sounded like a game of verbal ping-pong. It was rare to see the doc swat the ball over the air like that, and then only when he wanted to put candor on the defensive. Ashley watched to see if Ray would return the volley. Well, of course there's always free will, but when training an animal, you have to guide it toward the condition you want by rewarding the good actions and punishing the bad. The human mind can make great leaps in reason such that you only need to punish one of them. The English monarchs in the 15th century would raise a common boy alongside their prince. The boys would learn everything together and often became friends. I'm familiar with the history and use of a whipping boy, but its efficacy was discovered by necessity. The royal blood is divine and only the king was allowed to touch the prince. But I hadn't imagined your experience at the San Diego Zoo would apply to managing your team. Evermore's tone implied respect. At first, Ashley imagined Ray walking around the zoo watching animals, but then he remembered she had interned there as a behavioral biologist. 
Homo sapiens sapiens belongs to the animal kingdom, after all. We think our self-awareness sets us apart, but it's the youngest part of our brains, whereas the limbic system... I'm also familiar with the evolution of the brain, Dr. Dahlia. What I would like to know more about is what you observed after firing Zephyr. Of course, I'm getting carried away. I'm sure you realize what a challenge it is to be responsible for extending both the tools and truth's boundaries. You really put me and my team in quite a situation. Dr. Cyrus Ma'at has an untested hypothesis that is rather unorthodox, and I was afraid exploring it would tear our lab in half. But when I fired Zephyr, I made sure to underline the behaviors I didn't want, namely his air of self-importance and his bad habit of challenging me. The team almost instantly got over their intellectual pissing contest and started accepting their differences of field and opinion, which was my primary goal for the first week. Congratulations, Evermore said, without sounding very heartfelt. Tell me about Ma'at. Is he the good dog you're rewarding? Aren't you afraid he'll overshadow you? Ray puzzled over his question before answering. Boys will wrestle over a dirt mound playing King of the Hill, while men wrestle over ideas, replacing brute force with superior logic. I find this method of scientific one-upmanship to be exhausting, so after establishing myself as matriarch by figuratively killing Zephyr, I removed myself from the hill and named Ma'a as my champion. Were this a physical game, the winner would be at the top of the hill, but because I'm the judge of who wins the battle of hypothesis, I can keep picking Ma'at, establishing him as the gate through which all the other doctors have to pass to gain my favor. Hmm, Evermore said, but without seeing his face, Ashley couldn't tell if he was impressed or skeptical. After a moment, Ray decided to continue. Before Ma'at took the job, he was experimenting with a strain of deep-sea bacteria that excretes Rochelle salt, building a piezoelectric crystal around itself. But he found that these bacteria crystals were producing a small electrical charge independent of external stimulus. My dear, Evermore cut her off. I am familiar with Ma'at's previous work. There is no need to repeat your report. I am not your professor. There is no test to pass. Just upload your reports to the cloud like the rest of the lab heads and assume you're doing a good job. My true reason for scheduling this meeting was to... He trailed off, and then said, Piezoelectric, to no one. Here comes the watch, Ashley thought, shaking his head. My dear, before the whole synthetic man nonsense, the most common question I was asked was, how was I able to read the market and create something just right to fit the need? What I tell them is that I've been lucky, but the truth is that I check everything against my watch. Ray raised an eyebrow. You still use a... She stopped herself. Evermore took something out of his desk drawer that Ashley couldn't see but knew was a gold Casio wristwatch. When I was ten, I wanted to discover how clocks measure time, so I sneaked into my father's room and took this watch from his bedside table. Evermore expertly popped off the back. Do you see that small metal cylinder? Ray leaned closer. Yes. Is it dented? Out of all the gears, it was that small cylinder which caught my eye. I tried to pry it out with my mother's eyebrow tweezers, but as soon as I dented the cylinder, the watch stopped. Ashley lip-synced as Evermore said. That was the moment I became a scientist. He missed working with Evermore. He missed the late nights in Evermore's garage when it was just the two of them. He remembered the first time the doc had shown him his father's Casio, and how he'd told the story so many times Ashley knew it by heart, and how he'd told the story so many times Ashley knew by heart how many times quartz vibrates in one second. 32,768. It wasn't the only number Evermore had forced him to memorize either. Pi to 11 digits, the golden ratio, and the half-life of uranium-238. 
the Doc's favorite isotope. You may say this old watch is a dowsing rod of sorts. The tarnish that has built up over the years gave me the idea for the skyscraper lichen. And do you know what is so special about that tiny cylinder? Ray sat in stoic silence, unsure of what to say next. There is a small quartz crystal in that cylinder. Quartz is piezoelectric. Ashley could hear sadness in his voice and realized that the move to Mars had taken Evermore out of the labs. He misses the work. Suddenly, in a loud voice, Evermore said, In one week you have assembled a cohesive team, forged a unified vision, and discovered an unknown energy source. I asked you to give 100%, and you have delivered. Well done, my dear. Ashley felt a pang of jealousy. Evermore continued, My true reason for scheduling this meeting was to talk about Ashley. Ray looked concerned for the briefest instant before she took it off, and a blasé veneer covered her face. Go on. On Tuesday, Ashley Raphael came to me with a concern, but I've been waiting to see how things would play out. How are you two? Ashley clenched his teeth. What are you doing, old man? If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider following me on Twitter at Tyler R. McNamara, M-C-N-A-M-A-R-A, and using the hashtag M-O-D-S-Book. You can learn more about the book project at earwigpublishing.com or on Facebook at Earwig Publishing. Earwig Serials is supported by you listeners. If you're enjoying this podcast, consider becoming a monthly supporter and gain access to bonus content at patreon.com slash motherofdarkspace. Or, if you'd like to make a single offering, visit paypal.me slash earwigpublishing. Finally, I'd like to thank the artist Silent Partner for the use of their song Frequency. Now for the second half of episode 13. She shook her head dismissively. You asked me to treat Ashley. Yes, I know what I asked. I fucking hate it when you do that, Ashley thought. Why ask a question and then get impatient when the answer isn't immediate? Ray didn't let it phase her. I acted too friendly with him, and it gave him the wrong impression. He became unprofessional, overstepped my boundaries, and I... She trailed off. But Evermore didn't seem to be listening. His eyes scanned the ceiling as if in thought. Finally, he said... In the future, if you would record such events, it would allow me to track causes. Lucky for you, because of my relationship with him, I was able to tell that he was lying. Ray looked worried. Lying about what? He told me that you have been putting in eight-hour days here and overtime at K&J, yet you seem abnormally energetic. I never said that, Ashley defended himself under his breath. That's all true, she said. Evermore continued, but that's not what I'm concerned about. He also said you had complained of headaches and stomach aches, that you had been twitchy and often looked sweaty. Sweaty? I'll admit I may have skipped a shower in favor of sleeping in, but I don't understand why he would concern you with that. Evermore made a dismissive gesture. Ashley can be overly casual, but he didn't mention your confrontation. Initially, I thought his concern sounded too much like a list of side effects, but now I see he was trying to stir up trouble. Trouble? Evermore sighed. Without coming right out and saying it, I think he wanted me to test you for stimulants. Excuse me? Ray stood, almost knocking over her chair. Dr. Dahlia, please sit down. Evermore put out his hands in a calming gesture. You and I both know that these are empty accusations. It's been near a week and you haven't been subjected to any drug tests, have you? No, but he's clearly trying to get me fired. I'm sorry, doctor, but I want him out of my lab. She dropped back into her seat. What is he doing? Ashley wanted to punch the wall, but forced himself to hold still. Ray, I never said any of that. Evermore said, I very much doubt he was trying to get you fired. 
His aim was more likely to make us enemies of each other by painting me as the paranoid, micromanaging boss, and you as the victim of my power-tripping. He desperately needs you on his side right now. Ray said nothing and sat there as if Evermore's words had left a bad taste in her mouth. So you understand him better. Ashley's had a hard life and thinks like a survivor. It took him years to trust me, and asking him to work for you has felt like a betrayal, I'm sure. I'm sorry it had to be that way. On top of that, I imagine he's having a hard time trusting you. Especially since you are such a strong woman and have power over him. There was a moment of silence. Ray's fierce gaze never changed. Is it true he made the decision to hire me? He chose to work with you, but I made the ultimate decision to take his advice. I suppose you want to take away his doggy bone, but I don't believe that will address the root of the problem, which is that he won't truly be on your team until he trusts you. Ray shook her head. There is no reason to reprimand him. This behavior is my fault. I didn't know he would react so strongly. My dear, you realize that you don't have control over people's reactions, right? Of course, she said, scowling, but I could have been more sensitive. So now she thinks I can't handle her, that I'm a weakling. Ashley's fingers coiled into fists. You fucking manipulative asshole. Evermore said, Would it make your job easier if he were located elsewhere? No, Ray said immediately. Ashley has been a valuable member of the team. He's even made a few good suggestions. Careful, Ray, Ashley grumbled. That's almost a compliment. Ray continued, Part of the reason I was so surprised by that accusation is that I thought our working relationship had been improving since that incident. Maybe it has. I don't know. That was last Tuesday. But please let me know if things between you change in either direction. Yes, of course. Good. Well, I'm excited to see where this piezoelectric crystal takes us. She stood and reached across his workstation to shake hands. Thank you, Dr. Evermore. I am too. Evermore opened the secret door to find Ashley slumped against one wall. He looked up at his mentor and choked out. Why would you do that? Evermore smiled. It's all just a game, my boy. The whole goddamn thing is just a game. You, me, Ray, we're all just pieces moving each other around. It's my fucking life. You told her I think like a survivor. She's going to wonder a survivor what? So, what's the risk in telling her? Ashley thought for a moment, then admitted, I don't know. Come on, what's the risk? I don't know, Ashley repeated, then said. It's like giving away pieces of myself. Evermore took off his shirt, revealing a long scar across his stomach. You have to remove the bad parts to make room for healthy bits. Blow your nose, my boy. He tossed the shirt in Ashley's lap. Are you telling me you wouldn't give away that part of you if you could? No, it's part of who I am. As I've told you before, it's the part of you keeping you small and getting in the way of your greatness. Ashley couldn't meet his eyes. Look at Dr. Dahlia. You and she share such a similar past, yet the same thing that cripples you empowers her. Why do you think that is? Because she self-medicates? Oh, come on. I made all that up about the stimulants. Is that the solution you think I'm guiding you toward? Screw you and your guiding, and you're moving all the game pieces around. Evermore looked at him lovingly, which made Ashley all the more angry that his blows hadn't landed. He blew his nose in the middle of Evermore's shirt. Why did you tell her I tried to get her in trouble? Every student at UMARS is subjected to a drug test, and while she had been clean for a while, they received a history of stimulant abuse in Ray's hair. I'm concerned she'll reach for the support of an old friend when the stress of EI starts to get to her. Evermore reached out to him and helped Ashley to his feet. So it's just a trick to prevent her from starting. If this whole thing is a game, what do you get when you win? Ashley asked, following him into his office. 
Evermore took a badly wrinkled shirt from a drawer in his workstation, put it on, and started buttoning it up. What do you want more than anything else in the world? I meant you. What do you get? He pointed a finger at Evermore. I know what you meant. Answer me first. The image that popped into Ashley's head made him ashamed, and he tried to hide it behind ignorance. I don't know. My boy, I know you, and I already know what it is. Then why bother fucking asking me? Evermore smiled. I want you to hear yourself say it. There's a power in saying it. A power in claiming it. I want to be a world-famous scientist. Evermore opened his arms as if to hug and celebrate him. The way you get that is to versify your teachers. If you only learn from me, then you'll only be as great a man as I am. That's why we hired her, remember? How am I supposed to learn anything as a personal aid? All the doctors treat me like a moron. Well, do you sharpen your ideas, or do you grab the closest concept and stab at it like a moron? Ashley made a face, and Evermore changed the subject. A real man claims his dreams and doesn't allow anything to shake him or get in his way. You must, in every moment, imagine yourself taking one step closer to becoming that world-famous scientist you've always wanted to be. Unconsciously, Ashley was standing a little straighter. Good, very good, Evermore's tone changed. But let's not get carried away. Remember, you are working for me, and this is not the place for you to surpass me. When Ashley's features slouched, Evermore gave him a playful shove. Look how easily you can be pushed off your path. Do you want to be a great man, or a cowering plebeian who distinguishes himself through his willingness to abandon his own path and serve another's? Ashley threw the snotty shirt back in Evermore's face and left his office. Sorry for the lack of updates. If you followed me on Twitter or Facebook, you'd know that I had computer issues and had to buy a new one. I finally got my new rig all set up. Hopefully it's not affecting quality all that much. Anyway, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye.